0: 48. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, her holy mountain. Beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth, like the heights of Zaphon, is Mount Zion. The city of the great king, God, is in her citadels. She has shown himself herself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astounded. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there. Pain like that of a woman in labor. You destroyed them like ships of Tarshish, shattered by an east wind. As we have heard, so we have seen. In the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, Your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Count her towers. Consider well her ramparts. View her citadels that it may tell of them to the next generation. For this is our God forever and ever. She will be our guide even to the end. ezekiel chapter 11 verses 14 through 25 the word of the lord came to me son of man the people of jerusalem have said of your fellow exiles and of the other israelites they are far away from the lord this land was given to us as our possession therefore say this is what the sovereign lord says although i sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries Yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to the vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down on their own heads what they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Then the cherubim, with the wheels behind them, spread their wings, and the glory of God of Israel was above them. The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. The spirit lifted me up and brought me to the exiles in Babylonia. The vision, in the vision given by the spirit of God. Then the vision I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. First Corinthians chapter two, verses twelve through sixteen. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Every so often, when we've read Ezekiel, I've mentioned the fact that uh, during Ezekiel's time, the exiles were the well-to-do and the socially privileged. And those who had less um, were left there in Jerusalem. And over the years while um, while many of the Israelites were in exile, those who remained, the, those who were poor, um, they eventually became the Samaritans. Their practices and rituals, were separated from the the rituals and practices of the elite that were in Babylon, and uh, Ezekiel follows the uh, the well-to-do to Babylon, and those who remain aren't forgotten, um, even if we might forgot forget them. the The focus of the story, of the narrative, is typically in exile. In fact, it's under Ezekiel's watch where a lot of What we know of, the Hebrew Bible, um, is composed and edited and compiled for the first time. Um, But that doesn't mean that those who are left behind are forgotten. Um, And here in Ezekiel chapter 11, we hear that God is speaking to Ezekiel and saying, "Um, the people of Jerusalem, which means not the well-to-do, not the people in exile, but the people who will eventually become the hated and despised and looked down upon Samaritans they have said that your fellow exiles and the other Israelites they are far from the Lord this land was given to us as our possession and so the, the implication is they're geographically separate but that also implies a certain spiritual distance or separation from God and from the land of God um, and so the um, the the prophet is told to remind those in exile um, that I will be bringing you back. I'll give you back the land of Israel again. And they'll remove all the vile images and detestable idols. Um, and the part where Ezekiel 11 um, is really known for follows there in verse 19, I'll give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I'll take out their heart of stone, the heart of the tablets, the heart of the law, and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Um, And then there's this warning to those for whom their stone hearts are um, not... Able of uh, to be removed, and they'll be cast down, and etc., etc. And it has this fun um, Indiana Jones image of the seat, uh, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, the, the cherubim, the angels. They spread their wings, and the glory of uh, the God of Israel is like hanging out above these golden angels who just moved and opened up their wings. Anyway, um, and it. That appears again in Ezekiel 34, the flesh and stone dichotomy and this heart um, image of the heart of stone, ritualistic, um, easily kind of overlooked, you know, stubbornness, and then the heart of flesh, which is responsive and warm, um, but also vulnerable and delicate. Um... This is the kind of heart that God wants us to have. And this is Paul's whole thing. Um, the law is just ridiculous and impossible without the, the spirit, without the gospel. Um, and so that's why he says in his first letter to the Corinthians, um, we haven't been given the spirit of the world, but we've been given the spirit from God so that we can understand what God has given us. Um And that this human wisdom sometimes contrasts with the spirit and the wisdom of God. It's for that reason that the person without the spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. They can't understand them because these things from God are discerned only through the spirit. Um, And for some reason that struck me as, I don't know, it really stuck with me. Um... There's been no shortage of falling outs um, in my life, ecclesiastical life and personal life, because of things I've said and stances I've taken that I believe to be fully in line with the unique Christian calling to love our enemies, not uh, to let go of our enemies, maybe that might be like a Buddhist reading, not to avoid or just kind of ignore our enemies, uh, but to love them, to seek them out and pursue them, and to love them, to show them the love of God. Um, and in many ways, this, is, um, this has taken the form of um, seeking out understanding and trying to publicly assert the needs and concerns of especially rural, poor, um, usually Christians, but not always, And the rural poor are typically white. Um, And so that... My interest in... In speaking... For and with those who... um, Are poor and who are not in the urban centers has... um, Been taken as defending some of their... Vile images and detestable things. Like the confederate flag or confederate ideals, I guess. Um, And... um, But... There's a certain, I don't know, anxiety that's lifted by these words that um, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Um, and I think it's important to remember that, um, to, you know, to test the spirits, but to remember that we aren't judged by worldly standards. Um, that is not licensed to do whatever the hell we want that is a reminder that ultimately, um, it's God whose part it is to um, determine whether our actions are are good or not. And it is based upon whether or not we are, we have our hearts of flesh and are vulnerable and are fragile and and, um, open, as opposed to hearts of stone that are closed and stubborn and hard. Proper 5. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into pew pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Formation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family, Semper Familia.